There's another squad attacking. Welcome to the Third Party Podcast, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. Staying busy, playing Apex. I'm hyped for this episode. More of the usual, it sounds like. Today's episode is sponsored by Here.fm, and today we are diving deep into the shotguns this season to establish which is the most effective. Before we do any of that, though, we got some updates for you. First and foremost, we are taking a break from our regularly scheduled streams. Thank you all for all your support over there on Twitch. Uh, Moving forward, though, we are refocusing our efforts to working and finishing up school. We're just incredibly busy right now, and we're going to put a little bit more emphasis on the podcast, which isn't, hasn't gotten the love, I think, that Henry and I have wanted to fully put into it with all the time we've uh, been spending on Twitch as of late. Uh, but that doesn't mean the end of third-party streams. You know, maybe season starts or something, we'll pop it on, have a good time. Uh, so definitely don't hit us with the unfollow, please. We might still see some <laughs> stuff there once in a while. For sure, for sure. Also, in our efforts to please everyone, we are officially returning to two episodes released publicly each and every week. We made the decision to pare down last last season and give the second episode to our patrons as an extra thank you for their considered continued support. But moving forward, we have signed with Blue Wire, a podcasting network that will supply us with advertisements. This is something we've tried in the past and are hopeful that it can continue the healthy growth of the third party. The changes that you can expect are now one, two episodes per week, and two, patrons will now receive additional benefits, including early access to the second episode, behind the scenes, ad-free listening, maintaining their voting rights on the topics that we discuss, as well as a new recorded monthly Q&A episode. It's going to be some great benefits. We're really excited to once again share double the content with y'all, and we hope this is received well. We've had some complaints. Uh, If you can't stand ads but would like to enjoy podcasts and keep us going, our Patreon begins at only $3, where you can gain access to episodes, the private Discord channel, or where they're 24-7 answering questions, and so much more as you increase in tiers, including signed replica weapons, gaming sessions. There's even more there. There's even more there. It's definitely worth going to check out. Thank you all for listening to the third party patch notes at the start. Let's dive into the news, though. Let's start with the big news of the weekend. The big hack on the 4th of July, Apex Legends was hacked and became an unplayable game as the message save Titanfall.com appeared as a version of the playlist, in addition to a message showing asking people to visit and repost the site. This was quite an unfortunate event, and the SaveTitanfall.com website displayed a message stating that they are in no way associated with the recent Apex Legends hack. We are aware that the hackers could potentially be from our community, but the Save Titanfall team completely disavows the actions of the hacker. This hacker committed a very serious crime and wanted to send a message to the team at Respawn about the state of Titanfall. We wanted to make it very clear, though, that we do not support the Save Titanfall hack at all and it was sad to see the players not be able to enjoy apex over the holidays i know both henry and i were trying to get some games in and uh, we're not able to unfortunately the issue has been resolved thanks to the developers that had come in to work to fix the issue over the holidays and we really thank them for that i just want to emphasize again please don't send hateful messages to the developers on twitter or in any other way Uh, they really like the game you know they made it they love it and want it to succeed as much as we do negative messages like that uh, get us nowhere and Do not get a productive conversation going about anything the Titanfall or Apex fan base is passionate about. 
the devs have proven to be open to thoughts and constructive criticism in the past. Let's keep it rolling in that direction. Anything that uh, you want to share about this just crazy event that transpired over the weekend, Henry? I'm almost at a loss for words. I mean, this was a massive attack. But I think as you were mentioning, don't be mean. Don't do anything that Pathfinder wouldn't do. Yep. Okay. I like just, that. It's not worth it. I know the third partiers aren't like that. We're all positive in our Discord and our community. So I don't I don't think we're gonna have any issues, but I just wanna thank everybody for being positive and hopefully Apex uh will be able to endure over time. Yes, we'll definitely be back on getting some games here soon to celebrate. Next piece of news, and maybe the most exciting for EA Play members, the Protocol 3 Weapon Charm is now available. This is Jack Cooper's pilot helmet from the Titanfall 2 campaign, Protocol 3 Protect the Pilot. That's right. I know I was hyped to see this one. Did this one hit home with you at all in any way? Yeah, major throwback. Definitely love to see these integrations. Uh, it's there are so many weapon charms. It's, it's crazy. crazy. Yes. Like, I, we're restarting on our PC accounts, and I'm just drowning in yeah. weapon charms. I don't even know what to put on. How do you feel about the fact that when you get a new weapon charm, it puts up a red dot for every single gun until you go in and look at it? Because that's no, stuff... I got to jump on that pronto. <laughs> I'm just yep. a lost cause at this point. I just press the read all every like week or so, and then it just starts all over again. Yep. And then for 10 minutes. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Next piece of news, though EA Play Live is going to be on July 22nd, 22nd, and has been announced as a show that will feature what is next for EA titles, including Apex Legends. You know, last uh, EA Play Live, I believe, was when we found out about crossplay for the first time. So, We'll see. Could be some exciting, fun news. We'll be tuning in and uh, definitely a day to put on your calendar for the diehard Apex fans out there. I'm crossing my fingers for some updates on mobile. I'm mobile. really thinking that that could be announced uh, at this event. Cross progression would be really mm-hmm. cool. That I mean, would be the, a dream. That'd be a dream, no doubt. The uh, betas for mobile are looking pretty cool and very different. They've definitely, it's really different. It's a full on new restructure of the game. And that's so exciting to see to make it, you know, be intuitive for those mobile players. We'll see if we can uh, get some dubs on mobile once it rolls out in the US. Okay, we're going to talk about some leaks now for a little bit. Uh, Obviously, leaks, nothing confirmed and nothing can be true as of now. Uh, But if you're not a fan of hearing about leaks, uh, check out the description of the episode for a timestamp for when this conversation is going to be over so you can uh, skip ahead. So without any further ado, coming from at ShrugTile on Twitter, the new game mode in development is called Capture. So this is being compared to Domination from Call of Duty. It has three flags, A, B, and C. You capture those and you hold them to then rack up points. It's going to be a respawn mode, theoretically. And one example map looks to be sort of a triangle between carrier, fight, night, and docks. So that would be three POIs of the size of a map. Teams spawn along the edge of combat areas and work their ways in. And there's also supposed to be parking pads that look to summon tridents, or vehicles is kind of the tagline, but as of now, just tridents. From mobility around the map, there's a lot more in terms of elements of the game to be discovered. This may never come to fruition at all, uh, but we always get excited seeing new game modes like this. What do you think this means maybe for the future of this game if we get a domination multiplayer style map coming to the game? 
So I'm very excited about this because I didn't see this coming at all. We kind of knew that with arenas, we might get something like this, an objective-based mm-hmm. arenas. This doesn't really seem like that. It's much larger. And I think we're talking about more than two teams of three. Oh, like yeah. I think, we're, I think we're talking about like, you're talking like 10 to 15 on each yeah. team. And this is a respawn mode. This is like from the looks of it, it looks like domination from Call of Duty, one of our favorite modes. So yeah, it's crazy. It could be really epic to have either 15 v 15 or five squads of three versus five squads of three. This could be really, really epic. And I love this part of Olympus uh, that we Mm -hmm. might be seeing a sneak peek at. So this is where I play. 85% 85% of my games on Olympus. So I've been training for this for seasons now. And I think this this could be huge. I mean, this could be what, really big. What do you think about the concept of adding another playlist? I know that there's already yeah. just been so many concerns between ranked pubs, arenas. Do we have enough players? It seems like this wouldn't be an LTM from the sounds of it. It seems like this would be like you load in the Call of Duty, you select what you're playing. Mm-hmm. Are you playing VR? Are you playing arenas? Are you playing your multiplayer modes? Yeah. That's different. That's a huge another chunk of players we might be taking. Yeah. There's a lot of different routes to go in terms of very popular games and what you do with playlists. Mm-hmm. I think the Apex is in a very healthy state. I think that it has an incredible Steam ca- uh, Steam community. I think that there's a very vibrant community out there to be able to maintain any sort of playlist. I'm a little worried about introducing this before something like ranked arenas to see mm-hmm. how big that can get. But I don't know if having almost half of the community playing ranked out of all the matches is good for the game. Mm-hmm. Ranked is really great. I enjoy ranked. But it's also very intense and I think can lead to burnout. So giving more options, something like this would be very fun. I'm into it. I think there's definitely a lot of benefits. I look at this and it's so exciting because if this comes to be, we've already had arenas introduced, it all seems to have stemmed from cross progression, which Mm -hmm. is so cool. The ability to actually combine the playlist with other people and have a legit player base on PC as well as the introduction of Steam, which all happened in a short period of time. Not that this stuff's even possible. That's so exciting to me. Um, you know, we have a random document of uh, random uh, show ideas that we'll do in the future. And one of the ones I wrote in there, I'm like, if this continues to come, I'm like, are we, do we need to finally do it? Should we do mouse and key versus controller? Should we lay it out for everyone? Because Man. That could be interesting, and I have a feeling if we continue to get introductions like this, we might work someday towards full-on cross-play uh, with not the you-only-play-with-PC people if you are playing with a PC person, but more so everyone's just going to be together, which would be insane for the state of the game as of right now, but if you're worried about playlist size at all, that is one thing that we can do like there's enough players out there if we put them all together there is yeah so that could be really exciting and then the last thing we'll talk about on this note is what do loadouts look like the domination style modes 
they've never had a buy system like mm-hmm. the arenas mode we've had right now. Never been a BR system. This is going to be the first Apex mode where we have designated loadouts beforehand if that comes into play. And that's just the thing where I'm like, man, if this team's really working on this, I get why they're so busy. Because building yeah. out a whole loadout UI system, oh my goodness, is that going to be demanding? Yeah, I think having a creative class would be really, really epic. But I think you could work with a lot of the store elements from arenas mm-hmm. where pretty much you just give people round three crafting and they have to create a class like that. But I also really like the Winter Express and that they yeah. are random and they go with the legends. I think that even though it's a little, it's a lot less competitive where mm-hmm. I want to play Gibraltar, I'm going to play Gibraltar and then his loadout's changing all the time. It's kind of tricky. It does. It makes it really fun because you end up playing legends that you wouldn't always. So yeah. I'm into different ideas, and I'm happy with either option that we've already seen. It's going to be exciting if this ever comes to the game, but in total, that's a leak. So who knows? May never ever see the light of day. We've talked about a lot of leaks that have never come to be, but it's always fun to kind of speculate and get the mind going on what's coming in the Apex Legends world. But now. We're getting into the main topic of the day, and we're going to be talking about shotguns and the shotgun meta that we are currently in right now. Oh my gosh, this is a good one. Absolutely crazy. We've both been looking forward to this episode for a long, long time now. Uh, This entire season has just been so epic. Um, It's been on the the books forever. Like, yeah, it's been a month and a half and then, oh, we got an interview. Awesome. Let's do that first. Like, this is so overdue. We're so excited. Yeah. And the reason that it's like this crescendo and we're so excited about it is this is the most competitive shotgun meta we have ever seen. It has the most weapons it's ever had. Every single shotgun in the game is on the ground except the triple take. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) it's just incredible that we're in this state of the game where the shotguns have always been rotating in and out of the care package. They've really been close together. Now we have more than we ever had before. There's something to talk about here. And so that's exactly what we're going to do. No doubt about it. Walk us through the most important piece of the shotguns to start here with the shotgun bolt, which is not, I think, the most intuitive thing for new players or even longtime players to understand the effect this has on the gun. The shotgun bolt is the most complicated item in Apex Legends. Hugh Henry's like, I love looking at it. (laughs) It is very difficult because it's very hard to look at shotguns by the numbers without fully breaking down what does the bolt do. And it just amplifies the importance of looting in a BR. But before we go into exactly what each rarity of the bolt does and exactly what it does on different shotguns, The shotguns are so unique because the attachments, the bolt, Mm -hmm. don't just make it easier to use. Like other weapons where they have the extended mag, you have to hit less shots, it makes it easier. But they actually become more powerful with the shotgun bolt. You have a faster rate of fire, which means you have a subsequent higher damage per second. So the more you loot with the shotgun, it actually becomes more powerful not necessarily more easy. That's very unique. It's different than like reason. the yeah. regular guns that you're used to looting in a very drastic way. It's not yeah. very easy to compare the two. But what does the bolt exactly do? Essentially, it makes it be able to fire faster. 
but each weapon is a little bit different. The base understanding is that a level one shotgun bolt allows you a 15% higher rate of fire. Level two, 25%. Level three, 35%. That is tangible. Big difference between that spread. You go 15 to 35 and nothing. Mm -hmm. Zero to 35% faster rate of fire is no joke. But it gets complicated because (laughs) the Mastiff and the Peacekeeper have completely different values. The Mastiff starts out at a 10% faster rate of fire, then to just a 15 and maxes out at a 20% fast rate of fire. This, we're going to revisit each of the weapons, don't worry, but this is something to remember, that the attachments that go on the Mastiff help it way less than other shotguns. Then there's the Peacekeeper, which doesn't necessarily have a rate of fire because it's not semi-automatic per se. You fire around and then you have to re-chamber in order Mm -hmm. to fire the next. For the level one shotgun bolt, it gives you a 7.5% less rechamber time. Then it almost doubles the 13%, and then it maxes out at 16% less rechamber time. So lots of numbers, but essentially the takeaway is shotgun bolts are important, and they impact the Mastiff less, and the Peacekeeper is a very slow weapon. Mm-hmm. The fact that you do have to rechamber all the time and sort of balances out in terms of rate of fire, but it's going to be slower. The shotgun bolt doesn't help it as much as others. Very important to know. And I think also people need to get used to that after the gun being in that care package for so long Mm -hmm. with that max rechamber time, this is going to be an adjustment for everyone. And uh, we're not seeing the peacekeeper meta, which we'll dive into later. For sure. So now after we have that kind of background out of the way, we're going to go through each of the shotguns and then just kind of talk about them, what their characteristics are, if we like them, a little bit mm-hmm. about them. Then we're going to do a numbers breakdown. Then we're going to conclude with a verdict as to what's the most effective. And that might have a muddy answer, but we're going to do our best to be clear. Third party answer. <laughs> a third party answer as, as usual. <laughs> um, but starting it off, Mozambique. This is a fan favorite. Uh, as a lifeline, you're required to ping out every Mozambique you find. This season, the Mozam received an impressive buff, increasing the magazine size by 50% from four rounds to six. The question here is, is the Mozambique the sleeper shotgun that outsigns the rest? I think we're going to find out today. People are looking forward to this answer. Between it becoming free in arenas and that buff, everyone's loving that Mozam right now. No longer are you laughed at as the lifeline when you ping out all the Mozams. Now it's a legitimate pickup sometimes if you want Picking to. Picking that up. Yeah, for you're not, sure. You're no really longer no the laughing stock. Yeah. It can be effective. No doubt about it. Next, we have the Peacekeeper, the original shotgun powerhouse. So good back in the day that they threw it into the care package for over a year. This shotgun has a unique mechanic, which allows one to charge up a shot, which decreases the pellet spread. Because of this and the star pattern of the pellets, the PK has the highest potential to be used at longer ranges relative to the other shotguns. Many have referred to the PK as the sniper shotgun. The question for the PK is, does this old Titan stack up after its return to ground loot this season? 
It's going to be a fun one to answer. But before we do, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. Here.fm is a super easy to use streaming and video chat platform with a ton of creative and engaging features. While on Here.fm, you can insert GIFs and stickers, stream YouTube videos, play games, and even create drawing with your friends right on the screen. All the elements on screen are movable and customizable, so if you wanted to have a room that looks like King's Canyon or Mirage's Paradise Lounge, you can. Creating a room is simple and easy. All it takes is a Google Chrome web browser and you can grab custom URLs just for your personalized rooms. You can use here to hang out with friends, meet with study groups, create more interactive meetings, and chat with your fellow gamers in a much more visual way. We've been doing Here.fm Hangouts. Whenever we do, we love seeing all there. To join us, you just need to be in our Discord. We'll provide links there whenever we're going live at everyone. When the time comes, check out Here.fm. Link in the description. Welcome back, though. Now, let's head it off with the Mastiff, HB. Yeah, so the Mastiff. Bangalore believes that the Mastiff is a very rare and very <laughs> powerful weapon, according to her callouts. And it, there's no doubt that it's an interesting shotgun. But is it still considered to be a top performer now that the competition has heated up? It's got that horizontal spread and a handful of adjustments over time to that spread. Does this shotgun still deserve the top spot it once had? It's crazy that this gun was in the care package so long ago. Like, mm -hmm. it, that's like, the game's changed. The game's changed so much. Uh, us old heads can't get us out of the way. <laughs> it's really crazy. I can still see clips of people using the Mastiff, but <laughs> I can say that right now, I didn't use the Mastiff a lot in the early because it was mm -hmm. too risky. Not my play style to really get up close. And then over time, it got more and more popular. I started using it a little bit more. Now, I'm really not using it much. But mm -hmm. it's really had that full-on bell curve, in my eyes, of its entire lifetime. That's definitely a good uh, representation of it visually. Talk to me about the EVA 8. Uh, I think one of the hottest guns of the season, to say the least. Now, the EVA is Gibraltar's go-to weapon. The EVA 8 has a figure 8 pellet spread pattern, of course. This shape mimics the general outline of a legend, leading to a very consistent damage profile at close range. Plus, it's full auto. Mm -hmm. Coupling that with the largest magazine size and some recent updates to its rate of fire, so many are saying that the EVA 8 has come into its time this season. So, is it hitting different this season? Or... Have we been correct to the third party that this shoddy has been overrated for seasons now? It's a, it's a fun question. Let's dive into the numbers and figure it out. All right. So the numbers. We're looking at damage. So damage to the body. We're looking at magazine size and accuracy against the accuracy requirement as we always do, where how many shots does it take to knock someone with purple armor? Then we're looking at damage per second, time to kill, reload profile, and then also considering, again, that special trait that each of these shotguns may have. Start it off with the Mozambique. If you hit all three pellets, you can do 45 damage to the body. Magazine size is sitting at 6, but you have to be 83% accurate to get a knock against Purple Armor with the Mozambique hitting all shots in the body. That's pretty high. Spoiler mm -hmm. alert, 83%. If you're going to be relying on the Mozambique, you do have to hit your shots. You can only miss one out of a clip. Yeah. Not super forgiving. <laughs> Not at all. But 
The damage per second is sitting at almost 100 at 99 and a time to kill of 2.02 seconds. That's not too bad for a shotgun. Um, I think that the Mozambique is definitely in an interesting place in terms of its damage profile. Um, but the reload, tactical reload is 2.1 seconds. Full reload is 2.6 seconds. This is something that we haven't talked about directly, but in this episode, I think there's a couple instances where you have to save a round and when, when you're in a firefight. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. want to avoid the full reload penalty. So with the Mozambique, you pretty much want to fire five shots and then reload to save half a second, which is a substantial amount of time. Yeah, that's nothing to joke about. We we, we talk about like, oh, you should swap weapons, you know, as like kind of a big parameter mm-hmm. for winning the gunfight. The weapon swap in comparison to that 0.5 seconds, you know, we're going to see drastic differences there and who's winning up close gunfights when, you know, it's equal skilled and it comes down to little things like that to make all the difference. Full reloads can hurt. Now, the special thing about the Mozambique is that in the game, it's classified as a pistol, Mm -hmm. which means that you have no penalty for your ADS movement speed. So if you're aiming down sights, you move the same speed as you were if you were just hip firing. Mm -hmm. This is very unique to all weapons and all other shotguns. And it leads to this little advantage that the Mozambique has where you're very fast. Your movement Mm -hmm. is very fast. And I think you couple that with a respectable DPS and then a really consistent three pellet spread, you're sitting pretty with the Mozambique. Yeah, that aim down sights is important. It's the reason that the RE45 is a gun that people really like. It's a very important case for the wingman as well. Those pistols, that's that's their strong suit. And it's something important to note, uh, as well as the Mozambian, one of those full autos. So you can uh, spray and pray if need be in dire situations. I'm, are you full autoing that Mozam all the time? Or I usually don't. I mm-hmm. usually don't. Um, but now that you have the clip size for it, it's definitely a viable option to be able to really spray out. Yeah, Yeah. it really is. No doubt. (laughs) Now comparing the Mozambique directly to the Peacekeeper is a really interesting story. The damage, if you hit all nine pellets of the Peacekeeper and a star formation to the body can do 99 damage. That's a big hit. There's no doubt about it. The magazine size is one less though at five. In order to hit a knock against someone with purple armor, you do have to hit three shots to the body. We're not taking into account headshots, but we're also saying you have to hit every single pellet. You have to connect three shots in order Mm -hmm. to get a knock. That's a 60% accuracy requirement. That's pretty serious. It's not as serious as 83% with the Mozambique, but the current damage profile requires you to hit a full three shots to knock someone with full armor. Mm-hmm. That's pretty tough. But damage per second is where things get pretty interesting. The Mozambique and the Peacekeeper have identical DPSs at 99. Very different weapons. Incredibly different. The shots per second, the damage is very, very different. But it's interesting to see that they all balance out to be the same damage per second. It's so cool looking at it from like a weapon balancing standpoint. Like we're going to end up in the same place, but we're going to do it in such different ways that there may or may not be an advantage to one of these other weapons essentially. But at the end, there's still this like end point of equality in a way. It's so weird. 
It's crazy. The fact that they're parallel in their damage per second and time to kill is really fascinating. We take a look at the reload and man, the Peacekeeper is slapped with a big reload. The tactical mm-hmm. is at 2.5 seconds and the full is an additional second at three and a half seconds for a full reload. That is a lot slower than the Mozambique in terms of reloading and you have to rechamber where you can only fire one shot per second even mm-hmm. with the bolt. So you really have to think about this is a sluggish weapon. You have to hit your shots. But that all comes back to its special ability and that's the choke. Being able to charge up a shot in order to hit more pellets, to do more damage, mm-hmm. and also have more range. Bullets, the pellets are going to travel further. They're going to be closer together. You can hit some pretty long-range shots. I mean, you use shotguns in general. You'll run into situations where if you happen to be running with that shotgun out and you just see someone at maybe that 15, 20 meter range, you're either now spending time to swap to your other gun or you're just not going to be able to put out much damage and you'll end up fried. The PK is the kind of the only shotgun that if you get caught in that tough situation, which can be avoidable, please don't run with your shotgun out in the open most of the time. But you can kind of make a recovery because of that choke if you need to. Yeah, it's the Mozam and the PK are polar opposites in the shotgun field. Mm -hmm. One, you're fast, you're agile, you have a pistol. The other one, you're a little slower, you have the higher damage um, at range potential, but they all even out in terms of the DPS. If you are honest, though, and this is a tough one when we're looking at shotguns, if you're Mm -hmm. honest... Hitting all nine pellets with the Peacekeeper is very rare. Doing that two, three times in a row, I would say almost impossible, even for professionals at this game. So even though we're kind of at a stalemate here in terms of the damage profile, I am leaning towards the Mozambique for actually being a faster time to kill and a faster damage per or and a higher damage per second because you're going to be more consistent. You do have to be closer, but Mm -hmm. you are going to be more consistent in terms of damage. These probably aren't the uh, guns at this state of the game where uh, you want to be carrying that Mozam or PK into endgame, unfortunately. Which is a very new thing to say for the Peacekeeper. For the longest time, it's been the fan favorite of the shotgun class. The one that, oh, endgame, that person's got PK. Be careful. Like. Be careful. That was something we had to say going into the PK. I don't think that same fear is out there right now uh, in the Apex universe. And that's crazy. It's been drastically shifted over time. And that's something that we all have to take into account and constantly be learning, listening to the third party and experimenting in game for ourselves. Not so subtle plug. (laughs) Not so subtle plug. You're already here. Sorry. (laughs) Now, the Mastiff is an interesting one to me. The damage, if you hit all the pellets, it's going to do 88 damage to the body. Magazine size is parallel with the Mozambique now at six, but you only have to hit three shots out of the six. So you have to be 50% accurate in order to get a knock against someone with full armor. DPS though, and time to kill is where the Mastiff falls a little short compared to the rest at 88 damage per second and 2.27 seconds time to kill that's you know a quarter of a second slower than these other shotguns and in such a high risk situation where you're up in somebody's face yes it's a little more forgiving but 
versus a peacekeeper, they're going to be able to hit three shots. You're going to be able to hit three shots. They're mm-hmm. actually going to be able to do it faster than you are with the Mastiff, which I think is something that's pretty tough to swallow. Yeah. It's it's a tough thing. It's a tough thing because, you know, we talked about, I think, before the show, like Mastiff used to be in the care package as well, which is so crazy to think of where it's come since then mm-hmm. in comparison to the PK. And at this point in time, no spoiler at this point, but uh, the Mastiff is not the gun of choice in the shotgun class for at least your two hosts uh, right now, if you care about our opinions, if you're listening. Yeah. I mean, it is a little bit subjective, but so far the numbers don't look super great. You know, Mm -hmm. in terms of accuracy, it does look good, but we'll come back around to that horizontal spread and just how Mm -hmm. does that actually play out? But before we do that, the special trait of the Mastiff is its reload. Mm -hmm. Unlike any of the other shotguns, you can reload one round at a time like the 3030. The downside to that is it's incredibly slow. It takes over a second to reload each uh, shell. And then if you do a full reload, you're tacking on an extra 0.65 seconds to actually reload all six shells. This can be seen as a massive advantage because if you're really down and out, you're between an enemy, you've unloaded your first clip, Mm -hmm. you've swapped to the Mastiff, you've unloaded all six all it takes is one more shot to finish them. The enemy has to reload. All you have to do is, you know, put one shell in there. You're going to beat them. That's an advantage. But generally, you're talking about a almost seven-second full reload, mm-hmm. more than double the reload of the Peacekeeper to do a full reload. That's insane. This Mastiff is almost more sluggish than the Peacekeeper, and it doesn't pack the same punch, not even close. Well, it's it's crazy because that situation you speak of where I need to get that one bolt and everyone's used all their guns, like, that'll happen occasionally. The odds are, if you use one of these other shotguns, and hopefully with, you know, playing with your team and stuff, you won't find yourself in those situations. And it's very hard for us to be like, you should use the Mastiff. Because if you get into this incredibly rare situation, you will have an advantage. It's hard to say, oh yeah, we gotta we yeah. gotta plan for that. Because for the most part, that means you've missed and your enemies missed. And it's just kind of so messy. You might as well throw out the melee punches at that point oh, at some times. Sure. Like so there's just it's hard for that while it is an advantage to be like, oh yeah, that's that's the reason I'm gonna carry the Mastiff into the late game at this point. Yeah. And you know, so send the clip, send these, the clip of you doing it to me and show clips. us up. Yeah. <laughs> but we're looking at all these shotguns in pretty much their ideal state where you're hitting mm-hmm. every single pellet. Everybody knows the Mastiff only hits for 11. The Peacekeeper only hits for 10. Like you don't always connect each pellet. We're looking mm-hmm. at them where you do. It's in their ideal state. And I can tell you right now that the Mastiff and its horizontal spread misses so many of the pellets i don't think you're connecting 50 percent of them in the average shot even if you're aiming down sights it's very difficult to use and actually achieve the dps and time to kill that we're presenting which Mm -hmm. is low that's hard to be up close up close close like yeah let's talk about the eva and then we'll talk about where i think we think the guns are at and what's changed essentially since we kind of talked about this last time 
Now the EVA 8, you hit all pellets to the body, it does 63 damage. Mag size is a whopping 8, but you do have to hit 4 shells in order to knock someone with purple armor. Mm -hmm. But don't worry, because <laughs> the damage per second is sitting at 132, with a time to kill of 1.5 seconds. This is head and shoulders above the other shotguns at this point. Peacekeeper mm -hmm. is the second closest. Mosam is the second closest at 99. It's a major difference, and not only in damage, but in subsequent speed. The reload profile on the EVA is a little bit tricky at 2 seconds, 2.75 seconds tactical, and a full 3 second full reload. Now, the special thing about the EVA, set aside the fact that you can fire twice as many rounds in the full same auto. amount of time as the Peacekeeper and it's full auto and it has the largest mag and it does the most damage. The thing that we have to talk about and what I've been saying for seasons now is that the figure eight spread pattern is so consistent. You're actually mm -hmm. going to be able to hit reliable shots for 40, for 60 with this figure eight. And you're probably going to throw in some headshots there because of just how it's designed. It's not mm -hmm. a horizontal line where half the shots are going to go around legends. It's not, you know, anything crazy. It's pretty much shaped as a figure. Mm -hmm. Major thing to take away. It's a, it's a crazy gun right now. Talk to them about the change and then we'll, and then we'll do some like yeah. spitball and I think on some things. So not the beginning of this season, but the beginning of last season, mm -hmm. the EVA 8 got a small buff that we really didn't talk about a lot. And it was a 5% increase in its rate of fire from two shots to 2.1 shots per second. Now, the funny thing is, even back in season eight, the DPS of the EVA 8 was dominant at 126 mm -hmm. and the time to kill at 1.58 seconds. It did not need a buff. It got one anyway. Mm -hmm. It got one anyways. And then in turn, at the exact same time, we saw you know, the PK and that Mastiff get hit a little bit with not anymore being able to drop over 100 damage, which was new. Like, the, we did a shotgun episode for our patrons a long mm -hmm. time ago, and we talked about the Mastiff particularly in comparison to the EVA because at the time it was kind of Mastiff meta bit PK as well was in the pack and people were complaining. And the advantage for using the Mastiff was that you could one pump somebody. Like it was a thing that the high skill players very much not, I want to say relied on, but emphasized and believed in not just for people that are up, but so much for these high lobbies where you down someone. Okay. When someone's just not moving immediately and they're knocked on the ground, you can one pump somebody, grab a quick armor swap while the bag is still in the air. It's a very high level skill thing. But it made the meta at the top was this kind of armor swap with the shotgun combo. Now that's just not even possible. You cannot one pump someone with the PK or the Mastiff for the first time. And so that one high skill cap advantage that was there was taken away with the nerf. And then at the same time, the Eva, which if that was already gone, would probably have been at the top, like you said, got another little buff which kind of goes into what we talked about uh, with the developer, um, oh my goodness, Mr. Bosek himself, about 
it's the Eva's time to shine. And mm-hmm. it is. And it's, I think it's a good point to say, yes, the buff is nice. It isn't 100% because of the buff. It's also because of the changes to the other shotguns as well. It's like this, it's this up and down that we talk about so much with the legends, but I don't think we'd seen directly in the guns at the same time for a while. And it's really cool to see them kind of do something intentionally from the looks of it. And it's playing out in the meta for better or for worse. You know, everyone has their opinions right now. Yeah. And it's important to call out that this was intentional. This wasn't mm-hmm. just a, oh, oopsie, we gave a buff to a very powerful weapon. This was yeah. intentional. We want the EVA to be in this place that it is. I've been saying for a while, it's the most consistent, most mm-hmm. reliable. Um, but the sad thing is, even if we put the Peacekeeper into a situation where you hit all nine pellets in the head, mm-hmm. you're going to do 121 damage. That's high risk, high reward. Mm -hmm. Sad thing is the EVA can do 33 more damage by just hitting shots in the body in the same time frame. Yeah. You're shooting more shots, which means it's easier to use. It does more damage. The reload is, you know, faster. You know, on every single mark, the EVA is dominant, does Mm -hmm. less damage per shot, but the shots are going to connect you have more of them. Reload is pretty good. Time to kill is excellent. This is the weapon to use. Yeah, hundred percent. Now the verdict to just kind of wrap it up. Yeah, let eight, me let me throw yes. in a small anecdote Please real quick. Do. Let me throw in a small anecdote because I think there are some people like me. I've had chats with people talking about the Eva meta that we're kind of in right now, and they're like, "I, I want to use the gun. I die from it all the time right now. Everyone's using it, but I just can't use it." I was that person. I was you. I struggled with the Eva so much. If you watched early streams, you watched me pick up an Eva. It was hilarious because I was not hitting the accuracy percentage required even close. This is kind of the first time in a while during a season where I've been like, okay, I really need to kind of figure out this gun. Like I need to take the time to do so. Um, It took a while. I would say it took me probably half the season to get like comfortable using the gun in most situations. It's rewarding for all the reasons that we just spoke of and worth the time to kind of like try and figure it out, even if it's a gun that for some people there is just this like natural kind of challenge. Uh, I don't full auto it too often. I don't know about you, Henry, Um, but that's I just wanted to say that if you are a person listening to this and you're like, oh, but that gun is so hard to use. It's, you know, it's just weird with like the way how rapid fire the action is. Just take some time practicing it. It's going to be worth it from the numbers. And I'm just telling you myself that I was you and I had that situation as well. Worth it in the long run. Verdict. <laughs> A human moment. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so the EVA. Best overall. It's got the best of both worlds, the highest power, and the most forgiving. That's a really dangerous combo. Use the EVA. Peacekeeper, I still think is worth practicing with. It's the second best in terms of time to kill. It's got the high damage and range potential, but you do have to hit your shots. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not that you're going to be able to rely on the EVA 8 in, you know, close quarters combat. It's definitely the best. But if you're playing as a team, the Peacekeeper can make quick work of people if they're helping to take off shields and you come Mm -hmm. in with this fast finish. I think it's still worth practicing for that reason. Mozambique, you have that high movement, consistent spread up close with really respectable damage. It's Mm -hmm. worth actually trying to survive with the Mozambique. Don't just give up because the enemy has an R301. The Mastiff, 
horizontal spread just is not good. I think that they nerfed the Mastiff too much. It is now almost not even worth picking up in my mind. It's it's a tough spot for the Mastiff to be in. And, you know, who knows? Maybe next season it'll come back to the top. You know, they kind of talked about that being something like, we'll alternate it. We'll change that meta. I think everyone is has their opinions on the EVA 8 meta right now. I think it's kind of fun, but I know some people are really frustrated with it. We'll see if that Mastiff or Mozambique rise to the cream of the crop in a season or two, uh, which would be a fun time. Anything else maybe to say about the current shotgun meta we're living in before we move on just outside of how crazy it is right now? The shotguns are wild. I mean, I think we did a pretty comprehensive. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. been a comprehensive breakdown. Um, Please let us know your thoughts on your favorite shotgun. Reach out to us on Instagram or Twitter, Discord. Love to hear your favorite shotgun. No doubt. Let's wrap it up now. Some five-star questions. If you want your question answered on the show, leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or join the Patreon and submit your question via there. The first question, though, is coming from GW1+. Hey, guys. Love this podcast. Sorry for the long review. No need to apologize, GW. Been listening since the second month it came out and still consume each episode with the intent of helping out me and my squad. So our squad runs a Gibby, Bloodhound, and Loba. We took y'all's recommendation with the first two and decided we needed to overpower people with the Spitfire. The only way to guarantee that we all get one and enough ammo per person is that if we use Loba to slightly abuse the meta. I wanted to hear y'all's suggestions on how to push specifically with Gib, Gib, and Blood. Should Gibby go into the tight fight, into the fight first, and then Bloodhound scan with Loba behind them? I know that these are very situational fights and can vary many times, but we just haven't gotten the hang of it every time. Thanks for the help. Also, your intro music is so good. Please don't ever change it. Hashtag survey beacon life. When can we get that trending on Twitter? Yeah, for real. <laughs> I, I think, you know, first, thanks so much. You know, it's always wonderful to hear from a longtime listener. So glad that we've been able to be with you over this totally. long time. Um, this is a incredible strategy. I don't fault anybody for, you know, playing what's good. And this mm-hmm. play style is pretty strategic. You're scanning the beacon, you're using the bubble, which is difficult to do. You're scanning, you're, you're popping down the black markets. It's not super easy. You know, you're not, there's worse things you could do in my mind, which I won't get into. But <laughs> this question as to order of attack is pretty tough with this trio. Yes. Honestly. Gibraltar in an urban setting should be going first because his body can block doorways with the gun shield. Doing that, it's it's ideal. Bloodhound should be in the middle to the back, given the scan. Mm-hmm. But so should Gibraltar in most settings because yep. of the dome. So you're in a situation where you have two essentially combat support legends and then Loba. <laughs> and then Loba. It's Man. really tough. I think that Perhaps you're using Loba as a scout and Mm -hmm. she's going first and using the bracelet very aggressively to like distract. Say you run into a team. If Loba gets fried, she can bracelet back to the team, put down a bubble and reset. If Loba's ahead, sees a team, they can catch him off guard. Use the bracelet to snag the high ground and get off to an angle as the other two come in. It's a BR. There's a lot of different situations, but I yeah. think this is a tough question. And th- that's what I would say. I'll throw in some more uh, scenarios because as uh, GW mentioned, 
It varies. So I think there's a there's a couple ways as well to go about this. Our favorite, just a reminder for bloodhound teams, is the simplest way: scan, figure out who's separate, and all three of you just dive head first onto that one person, create a three on two. That's the best way to take a fight if you're using bloodhound, no matter the team comp. With Gibby as well, if you do find someone separately, you can be incredibly aggressive with a bubble push on that person to try and create that three-on-one and then a three-on-two environment. So kind of using that Bloodhound intel and almost going in all at the same time on one person if you can. That's an ideal situation to be in, no doubt about it. The other thing I'll say to help assist with that is something that I've seen a lot of people doing as of late and is kind of starting to pick up in ranked and you have a very great team comp to take advantage of this is make sure you're carrying two to three ultimate accelerants as a team for bloodhound and i've seen some preds say rule of thumb only take a fight with a bloodhound on your team when your bloodhound can be an ultimate and that's gonna make you feel a lot better because that gives you bloodhound the ability to be your first person in when not in an urban environment and have the speed to get in and out if you can capitalize on prioritizing ultimate accelerants with the Loba ult as kind of a strategy for taking fights. And always be scanning because of it. You know, ABS. the more scans mm-hmm. you can lay down, the better, as you likely know. No doubt. Next question coming from Seth Moe. Hey, Henry and Shay, I've been listening to your podcast for about a week now and have loved catching up on what I've missed. I've been a player since the day one launch and love hearing what you guys have to say since you are OGs. My question is, what would be the secret or strategy to getting in the top ranks of BR? Thanks. To top tier ranks of BR, I'm assuming we're talking ranked, like getting into that yeah, how you do know, you diamond master good? preds. How, how do you, you get, get good? good? I'll be honest with you, Sethmo. Olympus is a tough nut to crack. It is very very difficult our go-to advice is scan those beacons play ahead on the power positions and i believe that works incredibly effectively on world's edge and king's canyon and that's a great way to strategically play and get rigged points because of that but if you want to get into the top tier ranks of br on any map but even more specifically on olympus you got to be incredibly confident in your gun skills and so play pubs play arenas just get to the point where you feel like you're frying. You feel like you're better than the other people. I think that's a very important skill to have. You know, we talk Olympus strategies on a couple of older episodes. <sighs> the advice I'll give you for getting into the top tier ranks of BR on Olympus, the split, don't even touch Hammond if you can. Just avoid that area altogether. Uh, that little triangle of death, Hammond, um, electric or electrical. I'm blanking on the POI right now. Like yep, that. Power. that like, power yeah power and then to towards like a state's wall like i've seen a lot of high tier players calling that like the triangle of death and just avoid touching that at all ways and rotate around if possible but get into the top tier ranks of br that's gonna be tough you're gonna have to really uh just improve that gun skill and play as smart as possible it's all about the placement uh, until you mm-hmm. get into diamond then you pretty much just need to be frying and staying mm-hmm. close to the team and hitting your shots that's pretty much how it should be, and that's how it is. That's how it is. I like yeah. that. Last question coming from Recoob. Hey, guys. Great show. Apex is my favorite game by far, and with my limited time to play, it's the only one I indulge in. 
Love listening to you and your advice is wonderful, except for the stuff about the G7. Ugh. Here's my question about a huge Watson buff. I don't like her at all. What about the buff for her fences? If you hit her fences, you drop your gun, your holding, and its attachments. I think this would probably push her into a level of annoying to play against. But hearing people say the fences don't really do anything, I think this is a game changer. Just my thoughts. Thanks and keep it up. Okay, well, you don't get your question answered because you talked crap about the G7. So I think that wraps up the show, right? <laughs> yep, subscribe on Apple, follow on Spotify. Um, yeah, I mean, G7, whatever. Um, <laughs> Watson, this would be a just game breaking Breaker, yeah. thing. I mean, it would make her incredibly powerful, which we can go back and forth about. Is that okay? Is that not okay? But- this is not a small buff. This would make it absolutely impossible to just blow through a fence in order to mm-hmm. finish, push a res, um, you know, get the last one. It would pretty much be an, an impenetrable wall. Um, it'd be scary. So this would be huge. There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Uh, if you're talking about a buff that you want to have a Watson meta where every team's playing Watson, you figured it out. This one will definitely do it. Um, I think Henry and I are maybe love to see a bit more Watson, but maybe not to the degree in which that uh, this would do it. But it's kind of a fun idea. I haven't heard it before. It's definitely an yeah. intense big one as you as you described it, Recub, Recub. It'd be huge. I mean, you wouldn't be able to get through elevator shafts. Um, you wouldn't be able to mm-hmm. get around zip lines pretty much if they were fenced up. Um, you'd have to actually destroy the nodes in order to get through them. And, and there's areas where you can't destroy the like, nodes as well, though. Like, that's yeah, the other so tough it'd part. it'd be pretty dang powerful. It would be very good. That's going to wrap up our episode, though. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Pods. Give us a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll make sure it's answered on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Join the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey, now, another squad coming in. Whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>